The Disability Report with Karen Key. Good evening and welcome to this month's edition of The Disability Report. On the show this evening, I'll be chatting as usual with Ari Searles, National Director of the Quad Para Association of South Africa, who own Rolling Inspiration magazine, about the 2014... No, that's, we've done that. We're going to be having a quick update on the e-tolls. We've done the elections. That was a while ago. We'll be talking about the International Union of Architects Durban Conference and talking about being prepared for airline travel. Hannah Cronier, CEO of the Orion Organization in Atlantis, will be on the line, and she'll be chatting with us about how horse therapy benefits the disabled. Don Leffler of the We Mind Foundation will be joining us to talk about the results of our last chat we had on myasthenia gravis and what's come out of that. David Fulyun, who was also one of the guests on that same show, had been diagnosed then with myasthenia gravis and, due to the deterioration in his ability to walk independently, went for further tests only to discover that he, in fact, has limb girdle muscular dystrophy. And he'll be catching us up on this new diagnosis. And then I'll be chatting to Wynne van der Berg of the Muscular Dystrophy Foundation about their role in function and the challenge of offering support and guidance to the so many needy people across all provinces. And just a reminder, if you need any information about something you hear on the show this evening, take a look at the Facebook page, Disability on SAFM, or you can email me directly on disability at safm.co.za. Well, that's the lineup for this evening. I do hope you'll stay with me and enjoy the show here on SAFM. The Disability Report with Karen Key. Well, as usual, we start the show chatting with Ari Searles. He's the National Director of the Quad Para Association of South Africa. And this month, he'll be giving us a quick update on the e-tolls, telling us about the International Union of Architects Durban Conference and talking about being prepared for airline travel. Ari, good evening. Welcome to the show. Karen, good evening. So our favourite topic, e-tolls, what's happening? Okay, look, I don't think it's a topic that's going to go away soon, um, but um, there is an update which I'd like to share with especially people with mobility impairments in the Gauteng area, and of course those who will be visiting Gauteng. Um, I have a meeting on Thursday with the CEO of Sanor Nazi Ali, facilitated by the Human Rights Commissioner, and hoping that we can broker some sort of uh, agreement um, that that will pan out in the form of exemption for people with mobility impairments through the eToll system. So... Um, we, Quas, are going to approach this meeting in a positive manner. Um, we're going to, it's not going to be sabre-rattling. Um, certainly, we're going to try our best to um, put across the reasons why we're standing up against uh, urban tolling uh, as a concept. But, of course, we need to deal with the existing program um, that's live in, in Johannesburg and Pretoria. So, you know, you know, with respect, people with disabilities in Gauteng are bleeding. They really can't afford to pay e-tolls. Those that don't have vehicles are not being are not mobilised anymore because the people that used to give them lifts, uh, well, that are not giving them lifts now because they're bearing the, the you know the burden of paying tolls on behalf of their goodwill. And of course, NGOs that are running and operating transport services in the form of buses to transport people with disabilities are not in the exemption program that the minibus taxi industry is. So. You know, let's hope that Thursday, um, you know, something can come of it. It can come out of it. It's not a technical uh, impossibility, certainly with existing vehicles. And there are some challenges which need to be spoken about regarding those that don't own vehicles. And so uh, urban tolling, um, as it is at the moment, doesn't cater for a non-vehicle owner to have an e-tag. 
Um, so, you know, I think everyone must hold thumbs and hopefully, you know, Sanrail can, you know, let common sense prevail. Well, at least you have a meeting now, Ari. At least they're talking to you. Yes, you know, lots of letters. Um, but now let's go face to face and see if there's an appetite for us to, you know, make this work. And just to add to that, I mean, the petrol price is going up tomorrow. I think it's almost 30 cents a litre. So that's just going to add to the whole thing. Well, of course, we always believed, um, and it can be proven, that if you just uh, include 10 cents in that, um, you know, towards uh, the, you know, rejuvenation and, and maintenance of roads, then you wouldn't need the e-tolls. But, you know, that's, of course, another long debate. That's a whole other story. Just go and talk to them about the tags and e-tolls to start with. You can yes. get on to that so, next time. I look forward to some, some feedback. Hopefully that can be first on the agenda next month and then... Um, and hopefully some positive it, news. Yeah, and put it to bed. You know, if all goes well. Wouldn't that be great? And the International Union of Architects having a conference in Durban, that's actually rather exciting because when I saw you wanted to talk about that, my first thought was, are we going to have more accessibility? Well, Corin, I don't know that it's that exciting, not oh. for them, because, um, you know, Quas has been monitoring this conference from when the KZN Institute of Architects bid for the conference. Six years ago, the building that is occupied by the the bid committee all these years back was never accessible. So we said to them, please, you can't be bidding for a conference that talks about access for all if you're sitting in a building itself that's not accessible. And so we lit a fire, we made some noise, and we exchanged an MOU, and out of that six years ago was a promise to make the KZN Institute of Architects building accessible. It's not accessible. So we wrote to the UIA, the Union of International Architects, saying, Guys, don't come to Durban if the organizing office is inaccessible because, you know, we will have something to say. Well, they've arrived, and the conference is in exactly a month's time, and it's at the RCC, and the conference organizing committee now, which is separate from the KZN Institute of Architects, now are occupying a building themselves whilst they're organizing the conference that is not compliant with the national building regulations, nor is it accessible. And so... I just feel it's too nil against accessibility. And Quasa is going to stage a demonstration um, and, and make a point that architects can't come to South Africa and talk about access for all, occupying inaccessible buildings while they're doing it. It's fraud, in our opinion. You've got to walk your talk. You've got to, you've got to demonstrate your ideology and your philosophy by saying, no, city of Durban, we won't accept the free office you gave us to organize a conference because we believe in access for all, and this is our way of demonstrating that we do. So we're very unhappy. Architects are coming here to talk about access for all, yet they are using inaccessible buildings to plan this very conference. Can I ask you a really stupid question now? Are there no architects who need buildings to be accessible, I mean, on a personal level? Well, I just would believe, like, uh, in architects who must have made a transformation in their profession now to say they will, they will not take instructions from a developer to develop a building that doesn't include everybody. And it doesn't seem that, that architects have made this transformation. I don't think that they've embraced, embraced diversity, although they use the word irresponsibly. And I believe in, if, an if an architect uses the word diversity, then you've got to live it and you've got to demonstrate it. It's got to come on your, out of your plan and it's got to be delivered on the ground. So the UIA um, is now in our sights. And the, now the, the first topic was ETOL. Now UIA, we really need architects on our side. 
you can't come to Durban and talk about access whilst occupying inaccessible premises. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't show us that you're really committed to this philosophy. It's easy to pepper uh, conference themes with the word universal accessibility and access for all. And you just talk and then you go back and you call the conference a success and we are still left with inaccessible buildings. So we're hoping, again, I've used this term before, that common sense will prevail and architects will say, listen, let's live this theme. Let's not just talk about the theme. Well, let's talk about something a little less frustrating. What about airline travel? Or is that just as frustrating? Karen. Is that just as frustrating? Okay. I think it's really important. And I've made a commitment to a particular airline now not to to point them out or earmark them. But there have been some human rights discussions amongst airlines and one particular airline recently where they have decided that if you're a wheelchair user, that you have to fly with an assistant. Uh, or somebody to accompany you. You can't fly independently. Uh, just last week, uh, we had some long discussions around the table about what we believe is a misinterpretation of the civil aviation guidelines by them, and they've agreed to try and sort this out. But, but what, what travelers, especially those with mobility impairments and those with disabilities, that airlines might perceive to be people who cannot assist themselves in the case of an emergency, must do is carefully, when you submit your application to have your ticket verified, just tick the box that says you can assist yourself. Um, Otherwise, you're giving them a good excuse to say, sorry, we can't board you on your own, or you need to buy a second ticket. So my advice at the moment for people that travel, and that, that can travel independently, is tick the box that says you can assist yourself in any circumstance. And we've used examples to say, how would you know if somebody has had six beers in the terminal and the seventh beer on the aircraft is the tipping point, yet they aren't people with disabilities? You know, they are less able to assist themselves in the case of an emergency than someone with a disability who is sober. So there are many um, analogies and examples we could use to, to demonstrate that we are being discriminated against. For the meantime, Tick the right box saying that you can assist yourself, which buys us some time to sort this issue out of the misinterpretation of the civil aviation guidelines presently. Ari, it sounds like you have a really busy time ahead of you, all these things that you have to deal with on everybody's behalf. So thank you on their behalf as well for doing all of this because um, we all just sit back and watch you do all this and and. and see the good outcome hopefully of everything that you do so thank you for all that it can't be easy it must be very frustrating but thank you so much for doing it Warren, thanks i'm not making a lot of friends well um, but you're getting the job done you're getting yeah, the job we, done are you can improve the, you know the lifestyles and and our mobility around this country well good on you ari thank you very much we'll chat again next month Thanks. Good night. Ari Seelis is the National Director of the Quad Para Association of South Africa who own Rolling Inspiration magazine. And if you're wanting to get your own copy of Rolling Inspiration magazine, they're now available at pick-and-pay pharmacies as well as being sold by subscription. If you don't have a pick-and-pay pharmacy near you, you can still get your own copy by subscribing. And to do that, you need to contact them via email on 
RI subscriptions at telcomsa.net. You can also find them on the web on www.rollinginspiration.co.za. And if you need any information from the Quad Para Association, you can always call them on 0860-ROLLING or take a look at their website. It's www.quasa.co.za and that's Q-A-S-A, quasa.co.za. The Disability Report with Karen Key. Han Cornier is CEO of the Orion Organization in Atlantis, and she'll be chatting with us now about how horse therapy is being used to improve the lives of people living with disabilities. Hanli, good evening. Welcome back to the show. It's been a while. Yes. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. This is fantastic, a wonderful, fantastic. wonderful story using horses. I mean, wonderful, gentle creatures. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's actually a form of therapy that treats the whole of the person. Mm. And it's not only in, 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 in um, the, the person, the body, but it's also emotionally. And I think to start with, one would look at exercise with the horses. And in our case, we use equiheal or equitherapy for children mainly. I think there are uh, places that also do it for adults, but in our case, we send children to this equitherapy. And it's absolutely gorgeous. But let me explain a little more. Um, the exercise with the horses can include grooming, leading the horse, you know, riding if possible, and exercise. And it's actually bonding. And it's so important to know that horses have a unique ability to sense emotions. And the horses themselves are teachers of self-awareness, and people learn to know themselves much better. But in the case of children, you know, um, especially children with learning disabilities, low muscle tone, attention deficit, it's all dysfunctioning of the sensory integration system. They are mainly the ones that benefit from um, equitherapy. And one cannot organize, in, in their cases, it's actually difficult or it's almost impossible to organize the observations correctly because of this dysfunction this, this of the uh, sensory integration. And with the equitherapy, the, uh, um, there's really optimal sensory integration. And it's so wonderful for them immediately when they sense the horse or the horse senses them and they become emotionally almost um, in a situation where they become part of the horse and the horse understands them, then immediately it changes their whole, um, the way they react. And maybe it's a time to also say that when children that do go for the therapy, when they're back at um, our center, they're just totally different. They're much more calm. They're much more um, uh, uh, peaceful. They communicate much better. And it's just a total different child than one that one works with. You know, also with the learning difficult uh, um, children, those that have learning difficulties due to the dysfunction of the sensory integration, Children cannot really handle uh, ordinary instructions. You know, when, when the teachers tell them how to go about certain things, they have difficulty in accepting those instructions, performing it. And when they're with the horses, all of this just becomes so much easier. You know, they, they, all of a sudden they become um, aware of themselves. There's a self-awareness that one will find difficult to find elsewhere. How often do they go for this treatment, honey? They go there once a week, 
And when they're there, you know, uh, they go early on a Monday morning and getting there, going there, creates an excitement. They all, the four of them, that in, you know, that's what they can, allow, what they do allow us at the moment. Um, they become so excited. Monday mornings are such a different time of the week for them because they know that they will go for the therapy. Why only, is it a total of only four that go every week? That's what uh, this EquiHeal has allowed us. They have other uh, therapy f- uh, sessions for people older, people from Campbell, oh, okay. for instance, and wherever. So they can only allow these children for a certain period of the week. Gosh, because it's similar to, I think I've, I've heard similar kinds of things being done as South African Riding for the Disabled. They do similar Absolutely. kinds of, of treatment with the children as well. Absolutely. It's remarkable. I mean, this is not exactly something that's been around forever, but it's, it's, it's a rel- in, in, in time terms, I think it's a relatively Absolutely. new thing. But it's, it's having such an amazing impact on, mm. on children especially. Yeah. And I think just to, to uh, support what you were saying just now is that children with li- uh, learning difficulties, attention deficit, for instance, cerebral palsy and Down syndrome and autism, they are actually the ones benefiting best because they cannot verbalize or communicate their feelings. Mm-hmm. Yet when they're in the presence of the horse, the horse has um, this unique ability to sense the emotions of the child and bring it to the fore and allow um, teachers and also those that try that are caring for them to, to understand the child better and the child become much more calm and relaxed than what they were before they've been in contact with the horses. I mean, I think wouldn't it be wonderful, Hanley, if you could have more of your of your people from a, oh, from Orion going for this absolutely. on a more regular basis? That would be fantastic. I think it's such an opportunity for for people with disabilities to bond with something if one can call a horse thing, but somebody that can almost voice their feelings, that can feel with them, that 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 um, answers to their emotions, which nobody else can do. I think it's a wonderful opportunity, really. And does this sort of see them through? You said they're so much calmer when they get back. Does yes. that see them through right till the next time they go? Or does it start getting not no, quite so good halfway through the week? they becoming a little more um, irritated and, mm. and um, less controllable during the week. But I think just to start the week off with, mm. it's fantastic. And I think it remains in place. I've been there myself uh, to see what they are doing. And I was stunned by the effect of this therapy and the, and just being with the horse uh, to them, you know, and those that ride are on the horse with a um, safety helmet. So they, they're very well cared for and kept, but it, they, they, they create this pride and sense of, I can, I, I am able to, when they're on, a horse, on horseback. And I think all of these things just create an environment of, um, um, they're, at, they're peaceful, mm. they're calm, they, they create an atmosphere in which they themselves are comfortable. 
Gosh, honey, it's, it's, it's your, I almost feel like I want to buy you a whole lot of horses and just have... Oh, please. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> but bring the therapist with you. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it just sounds like the most remarkable thing. And it's and, and horse, horses are just the most beautiful creatures, really. Absolutely, and they absolutely. are so gentle and loving. Mm. And to be able to share this sort of thing with a child who really exactly. needs that, it must yeah. be such a special thing. Even just like you say, you go and watch them. Mm. I mean, it must be the most amazing thing to watch. Yeah, and children become so, uh, um, uh, they, they are so keen to go there. And once they're there, this, the horses have this absolute calm and calming effect on them. And it's fantastic to notice not only the growth, but the, the way in which the, the horse um, acts, um, acts in reaction to the children's feeling of, um, you know, not able to talk about their emotions, mm. not able to even verbalize or communicate and the horse just becomes this tool through which others can read the child better can uh, um, reach the child if you can call it that way in an in a much easier way it's absolutely remarkable honey i'm going to give out the website address for orion if people want to find out more about the work that you do there but thank you so much once again for joining us on the show you've been fantastic and thank you for inviting us and it was a wonderful talking to you. Only a pleasure. Thank you so much. You go well. Thanks. You too. Okay. Good night. Bye-bye. Hanley Cronier is the CEO of the Orion Organization in Atlantis. And for more information on Orion, you can take a look at their website. It's www.orion, that's O-R-I-O-N, orion-friendship.org. The Disability Report with Karen Key. Well, a few weeks ago, I spoke to a number of people about a condition known as myasthenia gravis. Well, there was an overwhelming response from the listeners, and now there's been quite an amazing outcome as well. So joining me again this evening is Don Leffler of the We Mind Foundation. Don, good evening. Welcome back to the show. Lovely to have you. Hi, Corin. Good evening, and good evening to all your listeners. Nice to chat again. Right. So the last time you and I spoke, we spoke about myasthenia gravis and the connection to the We Mind Foundation. So if maybe those who missed that one, just explain what the We Mind Foundation is all about. Uh, great. Thanks, Corin. Um, yes, We Mind Foundation falls under the umbrella of Community uh, Development Initiatives International. We're a non-profit organization, and we're committed to supporting uh, people and communities with special needs. One of our areas that we um, really concentrate on are those regarding illnesses, diseases, and particularly muscle diseases. Uh, so the We Mind Foundation is very involved in terms of supporting, creating networks and creating an uh, awareness around different illnesses, many of which uh, people out there don't really have access to direct support. The other thing that I really like that you guys do at the We Mind Foundation is that you encourage the youth at schools and colleges to include support for the disabled as part of their community projects. You know, all the kids have to do them, and it would be nice if that was part of what they did. It's a great uh, program, and the curriculums now uh, required by both school and APT college learners are to include um, aspects of community support and development. So, yes, we encourage them, and we put out a challenge to all colleges and schools to get involved in projects which help particularly the disabled, but any sort of community development initiative. And this month being Nelson Mandela's um, anniversary, birthday anniversary and special day, we're encouraging schools around the country to, to get involved and do something special. Now, you are based in Durban, but you are national. We're national, and I travel um, a lot, as do uh, the rest of my team. So, yes, we have influence across all provinces. 
but we also, you know, really welcome uh, interactions and associations with other organizations. And one of our new friends is the Muscle Dystrophy Foundation, and you'll be talking to Wynne a bit later, I understand. Yes, I am. So we really welcome those associations and networks. And Corinne, may I just mention that since um, our last chat yes, about, about a month to, ago... I was about to ask you about that because you told me there's been some fabulous developments. Well, interesting. And I think, I don't know whether to thank you or blame you, but you certainly <laughs> added a new dimension to internet dating. <laughs> um, what we've certainly found out from the last program is so many people contacted us and said, we really want to help or assist, or we are looking for more information and... Uh, we're not quite sure where to go. And there appears to be quite a scarcity of um, specialized groups, associations throughout the country, and particularly in rural areas, where people can actually go and share their ideas, their concerns, their challenges and triumphs. So when I say uh, Internet dating service, what we have been trying to do since um, your last program, Corin, is to really introduce people to organizations like the Muscle Dystrophy Foundation, uh, the Mycemia Grava South Africa group, uh, and various other groups, um, and also to involve uh, people out there who have indicated an interest in supporting what we, we are doing and uh, what other groups are doing. But you've also sort of got involved with something that's happening quite soon at, the, at Rhodes. We were really excited after your call, uh, show, uh, Karen, to get a call from the Rhodes Health Suite or the Rhodes University Gym. And they hold a cyclocon each uh, year. And last year they uh, dedicated the, sh- the cyclocon to cancer. This year they've chosen to do it for muscle dystrophy and muscle uh, diseases generally with a particular focus on uh, motor neuron diseases. So we were thrilled to get a call from uh, Felix Munyai and Clementine Davies from the Rhodes Health Suite, and they said they'd like to involve WeMind Foundation, um, and proceeds out of their venture will go to uh, muscle illnesses. So it's a great uh, initiative by them, and we'd like to put a challenge out there to all other gyms um, at universities and sport clubs uh, to support the Rhodes Health Suite initiative and maybe also to help um, assist in terms of funding for uh, walking aids, etc., for people with disabilities. But, Corinne, not only uh, um, Rhodes Health Studio, but UTI and Sun Couriers have um, supported us with a special project. We've had, had individuals like Dick Aledi, a pensioner who has MG, has offered her support. Um, very interesting is an FET college in Shwani, has indicated the need for uh, skills training for people, um, you know, particularly unemployed but also disabled, looking at manufacturing wheelchairs and walking aids. Uh, So there are a number of uh, special unsung heroes out there who are wanting to make a difference, and we'd like to encourage them to uh, join us on the WeMind Foundation website and Facebook page so that we can direct them to um, causes and associations that would really value their support. So really, it's, it's this whole uh, networking, it's an amazing thing. That is and a- absolutely incredible, and how one can connect people from a small rural village on a cell phone to people in a big city, and how people and associations like the Muscle Dystrophy Foundation assist with walking aids, wheelchairs, and uh, most particularly information. People are desperate to know more about illnesses they've been diagnosed with. And then people who are wanting to help and support from individuals to groups.
But, you know, it's, we spoke last time about myasthenia gravis, and I'm going to be speaking to David for you and after I've spoken to you, and he's just been re-diagnosed, if you like, now with limb girdle muscular dystrophy. Now, the things, these these kinds of conditions are not those that get a lot of, if you like, they're not the glam things. Not everybody knows about them. They're the more hidden things. They're not that many people effectively, we would think, have them. But there are people out there with these conditions thinking they're the only ones because there's no one else to talk to. And this is what this kind of show I strive to do is to let people know you're not alone out there. You know, and, and there are people that you can talk to and find out more information from, like yourselves, like the We Mind Foundation. I mean, that's what you guys do. Yes, it's what we do. And, um, Corin, your show has just shown us over the last month since the first program uh, just how powerful it is in terms of re- reaching a very broad uh, range of people and organizations. Uh, David is a great example of an individual out there who faces challenges. And, I mean, he has incredible number of triumphs as well. I think the Rhodes Health Suite Gym uh, Initiative uh, is linked directly to um, David and his initiative. Uh, he's supported by so many, uh, you know, special people like Millicent, Aziza, Barry, Anita, Anna Marie. There's so many of them and his family. So it's with people like that that individuals out there with unusual and rare diseases, I think, can get access to information through ourselves and other organizations to understand more about their particular circumstances but also to benefit from the great spirits of people like Dick Lady and uh, David. Um, I know David is really committed to establishing a special group in the Eastern Cape, and both the Muscle Dystrophy Foundation and the We Mind Foundation are 100% behind him because it's people like him with character and spirit you know, that really can encourage others to see the value and all of their contributions. I find someone like David actually quite remarkable because, I mean, he doesn't have an easy time of it. And uh, yet he doesn't just sit there and feel sorry for himself. He's out there trying to help everybody else. No, he certainly is. I mean, he's got great spirit, great sense of humor. Just don't start talking to him about Fergie or Matt. He's got a very <laughs> special uh, relationship with animals. And it was so great to hear the earlier conversation you were having about, about the horses. The horses. Mm. And one of our visions at the We Mind Foundation is to link uh, people with disabilities to animals and not only, you know, well-cared-for animals, but there are a lot of animals out there that need uh, our care. And I think the special bonds between humans and animals is amazing and can help um, all of us. Well, Don, thank you once again so much. I'm now going to be chatting with David, so tune in and and you can listen to him. But thank you so much for joining us once again. I'm sure we're going to be speaking a lot more in the future because I just love what you guys are doing at the We Mind Foundation. So I really need to get your word out there. And the more people that can come together through this would be absolutely amazing. So I hope you don't mind, but I'm going to be bothering you more in the future. Oh, I look forward to that. And <laughs> Corin, on all the um, excellent work that you do, um, it, it's really amazing the reach you have, and I don't think you realize how far that reaches. So I look forward to talking to you again, and thanks very much for the opportunity. Only a pleasure. Thank you for your time this evening. Sure, thanks, care. Don. Good night to you. Don Leffler works with the We Mind Foundation, and for more information about the work that they do and how you could possibly get involved, take a look at the website. It's www.wemindfoundation.com. The Disability Report with Karen Key. 
I'm going to be chatting with David for you in a moment, but before I do that, let me just tell you that the Independent Communication Authority of South Africa, ICASA, invites people with disabilities and their representatives to public hearings to develop a code for people with disabilities in relation to telecommunications, broadcasting and postal services. Members of the public and community organisations are also encouraged to participate in a process that will ensure the rights of people with disabilities are taken into account in the provision of ICT services. The public hearings will be held in various provinces of the country until the 11th of July and for more information about the dates, venues and time slots for these hearings you can contact Mavungu Makatu on 011-566-3429 or email to mmakatu at ikasa.org.za. Right, so David's on the line now, and you may remember him from a show I did a few weeks ago when he was talking about his myasthenia gravis diagnosis and how it had impacted his life. Well, due to the deterioration in his ability to walk independently, he went for further tests, only then to discover that, in fact, he now has limb girdle muscular dystrophy, and he'll be catching us up on this new diagnosis. David, good evening. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Corin. Thank you for having me on the show again. Great well, to talk to you. Well, I'm sorry to hear about the new diagnosis, David. I mean, what on earth happened? Uh, you, you know what, Corin? I just thought, you know, the last time you said, you know, that word, myasthenia gravis, is such a difficult oh, thing so to it was pronounce. For my I sake. thought I was going to throw something right back at you and say, listen to this one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, Even my family and friends are going, we just got used to that word. And I printed T-shirts, you know, to, to, to promote muscle um, uh, 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 diseases oh, okay. and with myasthenia gravis. Now I've got to get a huge T-shirt. Yeah, but now it's got four words, David. You've got a whole, you, you only had two words the last time. Now it's four. I know. You know, and I'm quite small, so I don't know what size T-shirt I'm going to get for this You're word. You're going to have to have a long, sort of long ways down, one word per line. I know. Well, I think you know, up, up the one arm, down the other arm, you're and have in to the do middle. Something. Yeah. So, what yeah. exactly is this limb girdle muscle muscular dystrophy now? Um, Corin, to be honest with you, you know this is new to me. I don't know much about it. I'm going for first test next uh, 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 week Monday. Um, basically, what I understand from it, it's it, it affects the girdle areas. So, for example, in my my case, it's the shoulders, the hips, and everything else, uh, or that other areas. Um, I've lost a lot of muscle wasting in the shoulders and the, um, the hips and the upper thighs. Um, and you, you start waddling around, you know. I mean, any cowboy would be so proud of me <laughs> the way I walk. Have you got the um, boots and the spurs now yet? You must get some cowboy boots with those nice jangly spurs on there. Oh, yes, no, 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 don't worry. I'm getting them. You're they're, getting they're those? Being okay. Yeah, oh, that's I good. Okay. spur or something like that. Yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, so it makes a lot of sense to me what I've been going through. I, I, I really don't think I was misdiagnosed at the time because I, I wasn't presenting these things at the time. Okay. It just progressed into into this. Because what I've been reading up about is apparently just to explain for the listeners that we call it, it's called limb girdle muscular dystrophy. Now the girdle is the shoulder girdle, it's the bony structure or the pelvic girdle which is the bony structure surrounding the hips and mm. apparently it's the muscles connected to those limb, the, the limbs, your shoulders and your hips are your limbs. Mm. So the muscles connected to those limb girdles are what is affected by limb girdle muscular dystrophy. I sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I actually looked this up, you know. You, you're more knowledgeable than what I am. Um, yes, basically, you, in my case, you know, it's been at, at the shoulders and the hips and the upper thighs. So there's a lot of muscle wasting going on there, what um, the doctor told me the last time I saw her. So, um, you know, but basically it's just, you know, it's muscle wasting. Um, and you, you battle to, uh, your mobility becomes impaired. 
and you've got to make use more of walkers and crutches and maybe wheelchairs and that sort of thing. Now, the last time we spoke, you'd moved from, was it Johannesburg, I think, to PE? Yes, yes, I'm still living in Portland. You're still in PE now. And how are you coping with the new developments now? Um, Fine. You know, I mean, at least it's not like I was healthy before and I've all of a sudden been given a a, a diagnosis of some sort of disease. Um, I've been going through this for almost two years now that there was something going, cooking with me, whatever. And um, I always thought, you know, there's something more to it um, than my senior gravis because I just seem to be the odd guy that um, with my senior gravis, I'm not that clinical sort of uh, diagnosis. All my blood tests came back negative. Um, I don't have the droopy eyelids. I don't have this or whatever. And especially the waddling gait, as they would call call it, um, that was becoming more and more, um, uh, you know, a, a part of my ability of, of walking. You know, but now that you always seem to get something, David, that that is not that there's not that many people know about. So <laughs> one one of the if you can call it a bonus. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to be disrespectful yeah. here, but if there's a bonus in all of this, is that somebody like you is the kind of person that gets something like this, but then goes out and shares your story and helps other people who are possibly sitting there thinking, gosh, I must be the only person that has this disease. No one's even heard of it before. So someone like you is getting the word out there, which is absolutely amazing. Absolutely. You know, to me, it's, you know, I don't want to call it a blessing because nobody wants to be blessed no, by sure. a, a, a disease of some sort. But um, again, I've, <laughs> I've been given this weird name and uh, whatever. And there's so many people out there that I do know that are struggling with the same sort of disease or similar diseases that um, there's no awareness for all this. And I really hope that, you know, with this, that I would be able to create that sort of awareness and um, uh, get the word out there and, um, you know, so they can, you know, I mean, I was just so amazed at the time that I was at the provincial hospital uh, seeing Dr. Vol, who's the head of uh, neurology, that um, by the time she had seen me, she said to me, you know, you've got, I've got two diagnoses here for you, but we need to do further testing to eliminate um, or cancel out any other possible things. And one of the things were muscle, uh, uh, multiple sclerosis, which I know that you've got a very personal uh, yes, feeling to. Mm. Um, but that was cancelled out after the MRI and the uh, MRI of the brain and the, the, the um, spinal cord. And then she came back and said, look, it's, it's limb, limb girdle. But there's so many different um, aspects of limb girdle that you've, you've, you've got to get into it and you've got to do more testing and everything else. So I'm going to be do, doing further testing and um, you know, I mean, again, I'm coming back to this blessing that I have received in terms of the road, the journey that I've taken up to now with all these wonderful people that have supported me. And, I mean, if I had to start mentioning names, we'll be on air forever. But now you, you've also come across, you've met some amazing people along this road. I mean, I was um, I was talking to Don a little bit earlier, and mm-hmm. he mentions um, this woman called Dickaledi that you've you've met. Yes, you know, she really touched my heart by, she's a a lady who is an elderly lady who is, um, that has been diagnosed with myasthenia gravis, and she's been on part of the myasthenia gravis group for a long time, and that's how her and I met. And after hearing my story, she, out of her own personal capacity, said that she would like to donate on a monthly basis to the We Mind Foundation, based on David's story, a monthly contribution, financial contribution. And, I mean, that was just absolutely mind-blowing, you know. So um, with her and those 
what we call the unsung heroes, you know, the friends and the My Senior Graphics Group and the Muscle Dystrophy Foundation Group and the We Mind Foundation Group. Um, those people, that, that's what keeps us going. Now, the one problem, though, with you sitting down there in the Eastern Cape is that there's no group there for muscle diseases. So are you working in conjunction with muscular dystrophy and We Mind to remedy that? Yes, we are. We're, we're talking to um, Muscle Dystrophy Foundation SA, South Africa. Um, Winwood will be coming on a little yes. bit later. Mm. Um, I've had a meeting with them. They came down to Port Elizabeth a, a, a while ago, and it was discussed at the time that there's no, at the moment, there's no um, support group in the Eastern Cape. And um, we should be looking at, at doing that sort of thing. So I would be very eager to get involved in that and um, especially to share my stories and, and to help other people with the same disease that they're going through. Now, something like this limb good, I have to practice this, David. Ne- <laughs> listen, but listen, next time I talk to you, I don't want your doctor to told you it's actually something else because then I'm going to have to practice again. <laughs> Give me two years. No, come on now. Okay, limb girdle muscu- muscular dystrophy. It's obviously not something that is very common because there's not a lot known about it. Well, not that many. Well, I'm sure there's a lot known about it, just not that we don't know that much about it. Uh, do you have any idea how many people have this condition? I don't know. You know what, Corin, this is, this is new to me as well. So I'm, I'm doing a little bit of research. I'm trying to find out from, especially through the Muscle Dystrophy Foundation, they've got far more um, um, access to uh, people that's got this sort of disease. I can just talk about my personal experience with this. And the, the, I know that any person going through any sort of disease disease, especially a muscle dystrophy disease, is that the loss of mobility is like the biggest challenge, and mm-hmm. that's what I'm facing at the moment, where I should be able to walk around and do my own thing now for the ask people to go and do my shopping for me. So that is a challenge that, that we are facing, and I think um, whatever muscle dystrophy disease it is, whether it's limb girdle or any of, any of those other ones, um, I think that's a generalized sort of thing. You know, we all get it to a point where we are we're not as mobile as we were before. And the smallest little task in my case is, you know, it, it takes a lot of energy and um, you become tired very quickly. But it's also something like this, David. You find some actually amazing people who will be there for you. Oh, absolutely. You know, I cannot... I mean, you know, when I was, uh, just to go very quickly back to when I had to go to the provincial hospital to see Dr. Val, who's the head of neurology, I was sitting there, um, obviously, as a, my senior gravis patient, and this lady came out of the blue and she said to me, aren't you David? And I was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> and she said to me, oh, I recognize you from the My Senior Gravis Facebook uh, support group. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was so happy to have another person, she was too, to have another person that's got My Senior Gravis. And then eventually get to the neurology department, sitting there for hours waiting for the doctor. I was getting so bored. I thought, let me educate the rest of the, t- uh, the, the patients sitting here about this rare disease. So I said all, to all of them, I have got my ears, senior grava said after me. And this lady came out to me, a black lady, and said to me, have you got my senior gravis? And I said, yes. And she said to me, so do I. And she was just so happy to have found someone else that she could share that experience with, you know, what they're going through as a, a my senior graphist patient. Um, so there we were, three people waiting to see the doctor with my senior graphers. Obviously, it turned out to be that I've got something else, but that well, doesn't matter. Can, I mean, yeah. I will never forget the smile on that lady's face 
when she could share her experiences with um, uh, another person who's got myasthenia gravis. That's what I said, David. You know, you you have this way of of, of actually bringing people to you, and you know, you are you're giving so much back. I was saying to to Don earlier. You know, you you are dealing with this condition. It can't be easy. I'm sure it isn't easy for you, but yet you still have the time and the inclination and the spirit to go out there and share yourself with other people and make them all feel better about themselves. Well, thanks for saying that, Carl. Yes, of course, you know, it's a hard road to to, to take, you know, but so many blessings have come out of this. I think Don mentioned earlier about um, you know the unsung heroes that we re- refer to, like the the lady lady that uh, wanted to make a contribution herself, and so many other people. And the Rhodes um, University is now taking us on, and the uh, Muscle Dystrophy Foundation that's prepared to uh, uh, create a relationship with us. So I mean, it's it just been overwhelming what has happened since we spoke last time about you know what's going on now. So. I haven't even had time to go, I've not only got time to go, oh, blessings, blessings, bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) And like I said to Don, I said, I'm just so enthralled by by all the good stuff that's happening since I spoke to both of you last time that I'm going to have to bother both of you again very shortly to find out the next sort of installment in what's going on with you guys. Absolutely, but you know, Corin. Again, thank you to you also for letting us come onto your first show. And from that, I mean, we've just had such positive feedback and people just coming from all aspects, whether they've got a disease or don't have a disease, so positive, so supporting. So uh, thank you to you for that. And yes, you know, you can bother me. Take my number. Oh, I have them both. <laughs> <laughs> numbers I don't lose. I, certainly, I always say to people, once you're on my list, you're kind of there, you know, and uh, I don't lose them. So, but yeah. David, I, 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 first of all, I'm really sorry to hear about the new diagnosis, but uh, you know, I just love talking to you because you are a real bright spark. You make me feel so much better every time I talk to you. So thank you. Thank you for that, Cara. But you know what? Like I said before, it's not like all of a sudden, out of the blue, I've, yeah. I've been given a diagnosis. I've been running with a something for a while. So, you know, yes, this is a curveball. This is something else that I have to deal with. But I see it as an opportunity again. Well, you would, David. To, 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 you know, to help other people and create awareness through the We Mind Foundation um, um, and uh, working with the Muscle Dystrophy Foundation. Um, so, I mean, I'm just blown away at opportunities that are coming our, our way. So I'm super excited. Well, David, the next time I speak to you, hopefully we, you know, we can continue with this really good uh, I don't know. It's very, it, it just, as I said, it just makes me feel so much better. But you, you are a real bright spark, and I'm sure in the lives of a lot of people. And I know there's a lot of people supporting you, but you are supporting a lot of people yourself. So thank you for what you're doing, and thank you very much for your time. And I look very forward to chatting with you soon. Thank you, uh, Corin. Maybe we can put it in a tablet form and make well, lots of money. Yeah, I think we could. You know, <laughs> I think we could. I really do. But thank you so much for your time again, David. Have a great evening. You too, Carol. Thanks Good a lot, Corin. Thank you very much. Good night. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. David Fulyun is a person living with limb girdle muscular dystrophy. And if you'd like to get in touch with him, you can do so via the We Mind Foundation. I gave you their website a little earlier. It's wemindfoundation.com. The Disability Report with Karen Key. Well, Wynne Funderberg of the Muscular Dystrophy Foundation is on the line now, and she'll be telling us about their role and function and the challenge of offering support and guidance to so many needy people across all the provinces. Wynne, good evening. Welcome to the show. 
Good evening, Karen. Thanks for inviting me. Awesome good. Nice to be on your show and to hear all the interesting people and their views and outlooks. It's really fun. Thank you. I always think it's quite difficult to follow somebody like David. You know, he's such a bright, happy (laughs) spark. You sort of think, well, gosh, you know, I don't quite know what to say after I speak with him. Well, thank you. Yes, it is a difficult slot to fill. But uh, isn't he a marvelous um, ambassador for uh, a neuromuscular dystrophy uh, dystrophy and um, for the, the disease? And as he says, he doesn't know which one it really is, but um, whichever one it is, he's out there uh, spreading awareness. Amazing. So tell us a little bit about the Muscular Dystrophy Foundation and about the work that you guys do. Um, I will do. I just want to pick up on, on David saying that he his diagnosis is so difficult. It, it, it That's the funny thing about dystrophy. There are over 70 different types of dystrophies, and... Um, Finding a diagnosis can be very difficult and very frustrating for people who have a dystrophy. And it, it, it's, it's amazing how, how long it takes for some people to really get a dis- definite, definite diagnosis. Uh, sometimes it can take as long as 10 years before they really know. But in the meantime, they are living with a dystrophy, and it is a tough haul. And um, so, yes, it, 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 it's... <laughs> You sort of come up against difficulties all the way through with the dystrophy. Well, he started um, out being diagnosed, as you probably know, with myasthenia gravis. Exactly, and, now, and that's when we got to know him when yes. he joined our support group down in Cape Town. Mm. And um, and and what a bright spark and how encouraging he was to everyone there. And we really just adore him. Just, and yeah. now he's moved up to the Eastern Cape and he's going to do some groundbreaking work for us there. Already doing, he was the uh, We Mind and uh, with Don, I mean, what an awesome team. Um, so you, where do you guys fit into all of this? Where do we fit in? We, we are um, the Muscular District Foundation. We, have a na- we are a national body. I, I am chairperson of the Cape Branch. And what we do is we offer as much support as we possibly can for our members. And we um, endeavor to assist families by supplying um, emotional support. Um, as much as we can possibly give to the affected person and to um, the extended families. And um, we do this with our counsellors who we employ, and they are always on hand to take queries and to assist where they can. We also have, uh, we run support groups. Uh, We have adult support groups. We have support groups for parents of affected children, and we have support groups for children, which are really much more a fun sort of a thing, something to look forward to once a term. And um, we, we kind of help everyone as, as on a level that they are at and where they're at with the disease, because that's also a very difficult thing, Karen, is at what point you are in, 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 along with muscular dystrophy. Muscular dystrophy is, as we all know, a disease which eats away at the muscles. It causes a weakening of the muscles. And... Um, Therefore, as David said, to find that you lose the ability to go out and shop for yourself, it's devastating. We also endeavor to try and um, assist wherever we can in supplying assistive devices, um, sort of motorized wheelchairs or mattresses or hoist cushions, special cushions or commodes, etc. Anything that makes life more comfortable for our people. Um, 
We also, of course, it's information is important, and that's another one of our roles that we play is that we have a magazine that we publish three times a year, and uh, it provides information of the latest international research and the care and management of of dystrophy. It's very important. Each dystrophy has its own um, uh, characteristics, which means that it has to have special care and management. But um, there is a basic rule of care and management, and also then we hold workshops for um, where we invite international speakers from overseas to come and address the medical our doctors and our neurologists. Um, we also run workshops for our physiotherapists and our caregivers, and there we try to promote the best possible care management regimes that are being practiced internationally. Um, care and management and exercise is so very important. And, of course, with dystrophy, it's different to everything else. You must never over-exercise. You need to exercise. It needs to be gentle exercise. And there's no such thing of trying to regenerate because if you break down your muscles, you break them down. So it has to be very gentle exercise. That's something to, to always bear in mind that sometimes uh, it is not fully understood that it, it, you, cannot, uh, you cannot exercise muscles to strengthen them in dystrophy. It's just the negative. It doesn't work like that. What does the future look like, When I mean, you mentioned you're bringing people out. There's a lot of research going on. What is it looking like for the future? You know, unfortunately, at the moment, there's no cure, but there is intensive research being done internationally, and we are um, aware of everything that's being done. We uh, send people over to conferences or we invite uh, researchers out here, and um, it, it looks good um, in as much as that... Um, they have they have got the information to build up the muscle, but they do not have the medium to spread it throughout the body. And this is where all the research is at the moment. In other words, if they inject it in a spot on your arm, that will improve, but it doesn't do it to the rest of the body. It's the medium to get it throughout the body that is being looked at now. So we kind of think... It's imminent. We're waiting. It's just going to come. But, you know, in the meantime, look after yourself. Keep yourself as healthy. Eat well and and do the stretches, do the little exercises. If you can get into a pool, of course, that is also excellent. Is this something genetic? It's genetic. It's hereditary. Um, um, there are exceptions. There are a couple of, about a third to 40% of, of, of children's um, dystrophies are a new mutations, but um, generally it is it's an inherited disorder. Yes. So and and then the other variation is that one or two or three people with Limgirdle can um, manifest quite differently, uh, have different characteristics. There will be a similarity, but there's also there are differences. So that you you can't you have to go by the individual person. That is how you manage the. Um, illness. It's one of those things that's very, that's possibly, I would imagine, why it's quite so difficult to diagnose a lot of the time well, and why it takes so long because yes, not no yes, two people yeah. present with the same yeah. symptoms. Well, oh yeah, you've got this and that and that, so you must have this. No two people, you know, precisely. everyone's coming think, with something else. I think the, the, the blood test on the things that, mm. that actually uh, defines it in the end, but also, you know, um, in, 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 for instance, in the, in the dystrophy that affects the young men that you see in wheelchairs that uh, shorten, has a very shortened life expectancy, that dystrophy, um, 
there are different mutations, there are different deletions in the in the genes in the DNA, and that determines the sort of the deterioration. You know, so is I mean, when they discovered what caused muscular dystrophy, we were over the moon. We thought this is it. Here we go, and then we found out so much more to sort of. Um, investigate and find out, but you know what? It's imminent, and we have to, we all hope for tomorrow that it, the cure is going to come. But in the meantime, keep yourself healthy and do the stretches. Don't sit too long in a wheelchair. <laughs> Don't do, move as much as you can. Change position. Stretch as much as you can, and and so on. Little hints now. Well, when I have to thank you very much indeed for joining us on the show this evening and continue the great work that you're doing at the foundation. And and I think it's a wonderful initiative now you working with uh, the We Mind Foundation. And I'm sure between all of you, you're going to do wonderful work. So thank you so much for your time. It's such a pleasure. And thank you again for inviting me. And it was a lovely discussion. I appreciate being involved. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Wynne. Good night to you. Wynne van der Berg is chairperson of the Muscular Dystrophy Foundation's Cape Branch. And to find out more about the work that they do, you can take a look at the website. It's www.mdsa.org.za. Well, that's it for the Disability Report. Next Tuesday, the 8th of July, I'll be back with our monthly phone-in when we'll be talking about hearing loss, reduced audibility, hearing aids, all that sort of thing, anything to do with your hearing. And I'll be joined by audiologist Victor de Andrade. If you need any information about something you've heard on the show this evening, take a look at the Facebook page, Disability on SAFM, or email me directly on disability at safm.co.za. I'm Karen Key. Thanks for joining me. But right now, it's over to Stephen Kirker for some late night music and lots of soccer, I think. Good evening, Stephen. And yes, a bit of the football too. Thank you. Yes, Karen Key. The match between Belgium and the United States just underway. Brian Murphy King is on the FIFA World Cup beat. It's the final quarter final place uh, for grabs. Also, a variety of uh, SFM's uh, nighttime music, which follows the news at 10.